Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. That's where we're going to start. 1 John chapter 3. And as you're turning there, the preacher announced to the congregation, if anyone has a need to be prayed over, please come on down to the altar. Larry gets up and he gets in line. When his turn came, the preacher asked, Larry, what do you need me to pray about for you? Larry looks at the preacher. He says, preacher, I need you to pray for my hearing. The preacher puts one finger in Larry's ear and he places his other hand on top Larry's head and he prays and he prays and he prays. After about 10 minutes of prayer, the preacher removes his hands, stand back, and he asks, he says, Larry, how's your hearing now? Larry says, well, I don't know yet, Pastor. The hearing's not until next Wednesday at the courthouse. Amen. Pray for Larry's hearing. This morning, I want us to consider why Jesus came. And throughout the ages, mankind has wondered and, and questioned many of God's ways. And one reoccurring question is, why did Jesus come to us? Why did Jesus come down to the earth in the flesh? Why did Jesus come? And this morning, I want us to look into God's word to find that answer. And we're going to start reading in 1 John chapter 3. Let's start right at verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he, when Jesus is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him, in Christ, purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that Jesus was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother, and why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abounding in 
So let's consider why Jesus came. The first reason that Jesus came was to destroy the works of Satan. Look in verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God, Jesus himself, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Even before God created this earth out of absolutely nothing, before he took its fertile soil and he formed it, and he breathed life into it to create man. Satan has opposed all of God's purposes. And he has tried to sabotage every single plan of God. Amen? We need to understand that. Once, uh, uh, you know, we read in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, that it did not take Satan long to stalk and to tempt Eve in the garden, didn't it? Not long at all. And once Adam and Eve gave in to that sin, gave in to that temptation, and they sinned and they directly disobeyed God's command, sin entered the human race for the very first time. So that puts a question out there. Did Satan's plan work? Well, yes and no. Yes, in the fact that it did cause Adam and Eve to sin. And no, because now Satan the schemer has to deal with Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. Amen? Satan's actions simply put God's salvation plan into action. Adam and Eve, the moment they sinned, they immediately tried to hide themselves from God in shame. So God came unto them. God called out to them. God began seeking after them. And it was right there in mankind, while, while mankind was still in their sin and shame, that God promised us a Redeemer, a Savior. Amen? One that would make full payment of our sins. Amen? One that would take our place in judgment. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is God speaking to Satan. He said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Again, that was God talking to Satan, and that is also the very first reference of Jesus Christ in all the Bible. The seed of the woman, if you look in your Bible, the S is capitalized, and the he shall bruise your heel. That's talking about Jesus Christ himself. The Bible is telling us here, God prophesied. He's letting us know that Jesus would deliver a death blow to Satan's head on Calvary's cross, and in return, Satan would bruise Christ's heel in that Jesus would have to suffer for our sake. And praise God, the empty tomb is the proof and the promise of that redemption. Amen? And praise God that Jesus is still destroying the works of Satan today. 
Jesus is still changing hearts and he's changing lives. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. Then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? Thank God for the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus is also still breaking the bonds of sin. In the 107th Psalm, verse 14. He brought them out of darkness and out of the shadow of death, and he broke their chains in pieces. John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered them, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, the freedom by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And that is the bondage of sin. Amen? Praise God that today is still the day of salvation. And that Jesus is still working on our behalf. We see this in John chapter 6. Skipping down to verse 29. Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God. God's still working on our behalf. That you believe in him who he has sent. Believe in Christ. Skipping down to verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Amen? All that work has been done for us on our behalf. Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. Secondly, why else did Jesus come? Jesus also came to take away our sins. Looking back at 1 John chapter 3 in our original text, look at verse 5. And you know that he, that Jesus, was manifested, why? To take away our sins. We need to understand that this is our greatest need. Amen? This is our greatest need. We invest billions and billions of dollars into technology and scientific research to to find cures for different sicknesses and diseases. We spend countless hours on treadmills, in Zumba class, and and taking self-help seminars to make us feel good and better people. We're willing to compromise whatever it takes to have peace around the globe. We commit and, and we devote all of our energy, all of our time, all of our resources to these causes in an attempt to become a good person. Now, I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves, amen? 
we should try to live healthy. We should try to better ourselves whenever possible. We're called to be peacemakers and have a, a, a peaceful spirit. But what I want to bring to our attention is that we have a much greater need that surpasses all of those needs put together. And that is our spiritual need. Amen? Our greatest need is dealing with our sins and getting right with God. In order for us to, to have harmony, in order for us to have peace in our lives, in order for anything that we do, or any relationship that we have, in order for that amount to anything, our relationship with God has to be in line. Amen? In order for all of our, our horizontal relationships to have meaning, to have purpose, our vertical relationship with God has to be in line. We have to understand that. We're all born sinners. We're all born with a sin nature that rebels against holy God. No matter how good we believe we are, no matter how many good deeds we try to do, no matter how spiritual we try to be, we fall well short of a righteous and holy God. Amen? And it's that sin that separates us from his love and from his peace. And that separation, it leaves us lonely, it leaves us empty, and it leaves us unfulfilled. We have a void in our very soul that cannot be filled no matter what we try, no matter how far on the ends of this earth that we search. There is a void that we have that can never be filled except for Jesus Christ. We are lost and we are completely undone apart from holy God. And if that sin is not given over to Jesus Christ, it will lead to spiritual death and it will lead to God's judgment. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Amen? We're sinners by nature and also by choice. We all chose to sin. Amen? We can't blame Adam and Eve. We can't point fingers and say, only if they hadn't. Listen, we all chose to sin. Every single one of us. We're, we're sinners by birth and by choice. And we are all left helpless and hopeless in that situation. Praise God. Jesus came to give us hope. Amen? Jesus said in Luke 19, he said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to meet and to supply our greatest need. He came to cleanse us and wash away every single sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much unrighteousness? Every drop of it. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Therefore Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost. You know what uttermost means? It means completely and permanently. Amen? Jesus is able to save us completely and permanently, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Our hope and our redemption, in a nutshell, is found in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is what? is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That is our redemption, and praise God, Jesus came to save us. Third reason why Jesus came was also to show us the love of God. 1 John chapter 4. One chapter to the right. 1 John chapter 4. Skip down to verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God. But that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The substitute for our sins. Amen. God's love is unconditional. God's love has absolutely no boundaries whatsoever. When I am good, God loves me. When I am at my worst... When I am at my darkest, when I am my ugliest, God still loves me. Amen. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for who? For the ungodly. Underline that. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates, he proves his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were uh, enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we uh, we have now received the reconciliation. You see, we're not loved because we are so great and lovable. Amen? 
We're quite the opposite. We're loved in spite of our sin. We're loved in spite of our rebellion against God. We're loved in spite of the ugliness of our sins. We are loved by Almighty God in heaven. Amen? Now that is also where the problem lies. We're loved by God where? In heaven. How could we ever know his perfect, his unconditional love when he is all the way up in heaven and we're way down here on earth separated from him in our sin? That's the problem. The answer is in our text. In 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into this world that we might live through him. You see, that is the cure for our problem. Amen? Jesus came in the flesh to show us his love. Amen? I remember Billy Graham sharing a story of him and his son when, when his son was just a little guy. And he said they were walking on their property and, and uh, his son stepped on an anthill. And he was all beside himself, and he bent down, and, and he was looking at those ants scrambling and, 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 and not knowing what was happening. They were in a panic, and, and he looked up at his dad. He said, Dad, I wish somehow I could just tell them I love them, I'm sorry, and I didn't mean it. And Billy thought to himself, that's exactly what God did in Jesus Christ. He came down to us to meet us in our greatest need, to tell us how much he loved us. Amen. Jesus came down to show us the love of the Father. The Bible makes it clear, and it says over and over, Jesus said, if you want to know the Father, know me. If you want to see the Father, come unto me. Why? Because I and the Father are what? Are one. Amen. Praise God for Jesus Christ. Our sins put Jesus on the cross but it was his love for us that kept him there. It's a perfect love that is beyond words. It's beyond explanation. How could anyone reject such love and forgiveness? How could anyone say no to a Savior like that? Why did Jesus come? Plain and simply, because he loves us. Amen.